Hello and welcome to DIT ON, the podcast brought to you by the Royal Naval Association. I'm your host, Jenna Brodie, and welcome to this week's episode. This week, I thought it'd be a good idea to get the person on for this episode who has been instrumental in my civilian career, and that is my boss, Gus McFarlane. Welcome to DIT ON, Gus. Thank you very much for having me. It's very exciting. Thanks thanks for coming. (laughs) So... I have to do probably a little bit of a trigger warning to our listeners. Um, Gus did serve in the military, but unfortunately not in the senior service. Gus was in the army, <laughs> um, but you still have plenty of military experience. And obviously you work with a lot of ex-service people. So um, yeah. definitely, definitely an expert in this field. So Gus, do you want to tell our listeners a bit about your army career and then your civilian career since you left? Yeah, sure. Um, But I I had a bit of a civilian career before I joined uh, the army, the Royal Scots. Um, So I uh, did forestry at university, wanting an outdoor uh, job, an outdoor career, and um, and then um, had the opportunity to go and work on a fish farm on the uh, west coast of Scotland. Uh, So I um, did a graduate traineeship um, with Marine Harvest McConnell. Um, who had uh, at that time about 28 fish farms, salmon farms, up and down the west coast, 360,000 salmon on my farm, and uh, and then became assistant manager over two years working at sea. Um, so I can relate to uh, being in the navy, not um, <laughs> um, having driven a landing craft for two years, um, going out to uh, the fish farm. So it's at sea, but it's a sea loch, but it's on the edge of the the um uh, the loch which goes out to sea and often we would pop out onto the around the coast which i really loved um but not enough to keep it as a career and actually i'd always had a hankering for joining the army had being in the ta all that time and the otc i really loved um being in the army so i joined uh, through the ta joined the uh, royal scots the royal regiment um and uh did um, a short service commission with them, or short service voluntary commission, should I say, with them, um, of which, um, what did I do? I was uh, basically an infantry platoon commander. I went to did, um, went to Ireland. I worked in um, South Armagh on my first tour, and then I did uh, also Lisnaski and Belfast, um, uh, which was great fun. I also um, went to um, Africa on Exercise Grand Prix in Kenya, had a fantastic time there. And actually, um, for a short stint, when I left the fish farm, I worked with the TA doing um, teaching scuba diving. So I went on an expedition to Belize and I went on an expedition to Egypt with different Scottish regiments, which was fantastic fun and set me up nicely to working uh, with, uh, with the jocks, which was just, it was just brilliant fun. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed my military career also went to Bulgaria and did a job um, through looking at Bulgaria being part of Partnership for Peace and uh, looking at getting NATO standard. I went with uh, the assessment team, um, which was also super fun. Uh, and so lots of lots of really interesting stuff in mm. uh, with, with the army. Made some fantastic friends and, uh, you know, still keep uh, in touch with uh, many of my peers, we, we still have a sort of WhatsApp group and, and get together every now and again and still go to the, uh, not every year, but most years go to uh, the the reunion, which is uh, good fun. Because obviously the Royal Scots, well, you, you won't, I'm sure you probably don't know this, but uh, the Royal Scots are now all amalgamated into the Royal Regiment of Scotland. And um, the 1st Battalion is Royal Scots and KOSB's King's Own Scottish Borderers are uh, amalgamated so they are now one scots so that was that was my uh military career in a very short piece oh no one thing i actually is worth mentioning i actually worked on i went to sea uh yeah. and worked on the uss mount whitney an american command ship um in the combined joint special forces task force which was really good fun on an exercise uh but i'd realized very quickly that i couldn't combine uh, going to shore and getting an extreme hangover and then going to see the next day. Uh, it's obviously an acquired, an acquired skill, which I didn't master in the period of time that I worked with them. My takes, goodness. It takes practice. Yeah. It takes practice. And those, those bunks, we were three bunks high with about, you know, uh, two feet in between 
um, uh, working in that environment whilst having a hangover is not it's not good. I don't, no. don't well I don't know how you guys do it. So uh, <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, but you know done done a lot of time in Ireland and had a great time and and um, looked at extending. But actually I thought if um, you know it was quiet at the time that I'd left. Um, so uh, I thought I'd go back to, or back into Sibby Street and. Um, looked around and decided to do an MBA and basically looked at doing my MBA as a, a business language course. So taking the skills that I'd learned, uh, you know, operational management through the, the army and um, the skills and leadership that are, you know, made uh, through the army, et cetera, and also on the fish farm, because when I was on the fish farm, we had a team of six core, but on a, on a big harvest day, we'd have up to 40 people that I was responsible for. Um, so I took those skills and and then sort of thought, right, how can I convert it to uh, and, and learn the business language? Uh, so I did my MBA, thoroughly enjoyed that full time at Edinburgh University. Um, and at that time, um, I was very lucky enough to meet my wife, uh, who wasn't my wife then, but we got married just shortly after that. Uh, I met I met her just as I was leaving the army. Um, and uh, after my MBA, got a job at Sky, B Sky B, uh, as business services manager which um, rapidly uh, you know, got promoted through, spent seven years at Sky uh, and ended up as head of commercial. Um, and that's really where I started getting into the commercial side of things. I think it's being partly uh, Scottish you know, and, and counting your pennies, that's what everyone always said to me, that uh, uh, I became good at commercial side of things. And I'd always done lots of buying and selling of stuff. And, um, and I think, um, and I did advanced negotiation uh, course at, um, at whilst doing my MBA. Um, so I like to, you know, I like to put that into practice when I went to Sky. So I ran the procurement team. I ran uh, for um, customer operations in Scotland, and I did a whole lot of other bits and strategic projects. Um, and at that time, um, we had a lot of uh, little incidents going on. So. Uh, I did a lot of the crisis management, business continuity planning, and uh, effectively resilience planning. Um, uh, and, and and in fact, one occasion we had a, you know, there was there was it was well, it's not so funny, but on a on a sunny day, um, and you're working in a whole uh, alongside a bunch of call centres, um, maybe someone signed uh, called in a bomb threat uh, so that they could all get evacuated and stand outside in the sun. And uh, so we had this one day and, and also a few anthrax threats, which I dealt with very quickly and then, mm. you know, made a bit of a name for myself around that crisis management um, side of things as well. So at that time, over those seven years, I spotted a bit of a niche in the market and went out and basically set up a, a, a consultancy around resilience planning, which I quickly identified that, um, you know, there was me and then a few others that I worked with and um, to, to, to do it properly, you, you know, you've only got X amount of days in the week. Um, so you have to take, or what I did was I took the methodology that I was using and converted it into a software package. And then um, we got that, I got that made and then started selling the software. So it was, it was on a subscription basis so that I could effectively make more money. And that went well um, for a while until 2008. Um, and um, I, was, I was getting chased by the chap that I, worked with at Sky to come and work for him in uh, an outsourcer, which I went to work for as global commercial director for four or five years, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, got headhunted from there over to Experian, um, went there as commercial director and made it up to um, managing director of commercial enablement, where I got um, uh, came across to Barclays and um, headed up innovation for a while. Well, sorry, I didn't head up innovation. I was CEO of innovation alongside a great chap called uh, John Stecker, um, who was the, innov uh, the chief innovation officer. Uh, then went into technology, more uh, into technology. And really the basis of that was because of uh, the technology skill set that I had, the uh, operational skill set and the commercial skill set, it lent nicely to uh, getting the innovation uh, offering that Barclays had. Uh, up and running in a in a more productive and transparent and commercial way, and then I ended up uh, now where I am doing uh, head of uh, vendor transformation and strategy. So it's looking after our IT services, 
uh, vendor population and also our IT, well, anything to do with IT, basically, we look after the vendors for our service company. That was a bit of a long-winded way of saying, uh, telling you about my career. I hope that was okay. No, yeah, the detail was great. Uh, it's good It's good to get the background. And I obviously, I, I knew most of that, but some of it, some of it I didn't, even though I've probably read your bio and um, heard you say it a couple of times already. No, thanks, Gus. I appreciate it. So you mentioned, um, you know, turning some of the skills that you've done in, in the military to um, sort of like civilian ways and doing doing an MBA. How essential do you think the MBA was into your career? Um, so, it, you know, it certainly uh, it certainly helped kickstart it. You know, it differentiated me um, from just, uh, you know, having a, a degree in forestry, which, you know, when you're going into industry doesn't mean an awful lot apart from it's a basic science discipline. Um, so it differentiated me a little bit uh, into understanding uh, the ways of working of business um, and, and looking at business strategy and looking at accounting and economics, you know, all the sort of basic stuff. I actually did my uh, dissertation on uh, the, the uh, interactive marketing technologies. So that was in the early days. I mean, I did my uh, MBA, gosh, many years ago. Um, so this is on the early days of, of internet marketing. Um, so I did that alongside the Institute of Direct Marketing, and that was really useful, you know, to, to understand um, uh, new technologies and the application of technology. So one of the things that, that interested me was the management of technology, of which actually the project that I did was on the AH64 Delta, the Apache, um, because I was still sort of transitioning out of uh, the military and, and I really understood it at the time. So, um, you know, uh, so it was good from that perspective. And the other thing, I think 50% of the benefit of me doing it was the networking. Um, yeah. You know, this is the days before LinkedIn and I can't, uh, uh, you know, um, um, say it highly enough or speak highly enough of LinkedIn on, on networking. It's a really useful tool and everyone, you know, thinking of getting out the military at any stage, um, even if it's in a few years time, utilize LinkedIn to start your networking. Um, so prior to that, you know, you had to get out and, and uh, you know, I think there was the list at the time. I think the list might even still be around for ex-military people. Um, but um, over and above that, it was, the MBA was really good for meeting people in business around mm. my uh, age group or, or certainly, you know, level in, 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 in business. You know, and there were people on that course from, gosh, from dentists sending it, set, actually wanting to set up practices to, um, you know, uh, people who were sponsored by BT or or some of the other large uh, blue chip organisations. Mm, wow. And yeah, I mean, networking is a massive, massive part of the, the transition. How, how essential do you think that is then to build if, a good uh, network? If there's one bit of advice to anyone that's thinking of leaving or at any stage, network, network, network. It's absolutely essential, you know, um, there is uh, my view on um, get you know obviously there you, you apply for uh, adverts for jobs etc. However, um, you know off the back of that, if you see an organisation that you think are quite fancy working for, and actually see an advert, you need to speak to someone in that organisation to understand the culture, to position yourself for that interview, or even to get yourself an interview, to differentiate your CV from the other 100 CVs that are going to be there. Um, so it's really important. I can't, I can't say highly enough of, um, of how important networking is. Mm. I know that you get a lot of um, messages on LinkedIn for advice and things like that. And you give a lot of advice to service leavers, especially that come through the schemes and things that, that we run. Obviously, I, I went through the same scheme. We've got someone on the scheme now. And yep. we've had a lot of people over the, the few years that we've worked together come through on the scheme. So how do, do you think, you know, going on a military talent scheme for a large corporate or organisation, what skills or focus areas do you think people should should have for for coming on one of those things? So, so um, you know, for coming on one of the schemes so if i just take a step back actually and just say the benefit of the scheme mm. i think the scheme is excellent i really do and 
um, you know, the scheme at Barclays is excellent. Um, uh, it gives that opportunity to get into business areas uh, and deliver something over a short period of time, you know, three months, I think it is, whilst being able to network across the the, the bank in our in our circumstance. And um, we've got a lot of understanding. We do a lot of promotion for the scheme across the bank so that people understand uh, the attributes of uh, an ex-military person. And effectively, what I always say is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an industry. The military is an industry, just like oil and gas, just like banking, you know, just like telco. And you have a core set of skill sets that you can translate in your CV. But actually, if you get in on a on one of these um, schemes, you can show the difference that you can make. Mm. And you know, as you say, we've had some uh, some really good people come through um, uh, our uh, you know the secondments that we've taken on. In fact, the chap, the ex Navy chap that's with us just now, is awesome. And uh, you know, we're all working very hard to to uh, make sure that he can get a job and stay within the bank because it's not guaranteed. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you've really got to show your benefit and you, there's got to be an availability there. But ultimately, there is a good ex-military network across um, our uh, company and um, and they are very open to helping and, you know, uh, underpinned by um, the, um, the, the program that we run. Mm. Yeah, the, the network's invaluable, I think, especially for leaving the service, whether you whether you want to, you know, get, go through the, our organisation or somewhere else, the, the, just the network in the area is massive. And you mentioned there, so the attributes of an ex-military person. So as a leader in business who, yeah. you know, you hire a lot of people, what attributes is it that you look for um, that you get from military um, service people? So, um you know, there's the, I mean, there's all sorts, right? But but the you know the main one for me is that confidence, that inner confidence that you can get stuff done. Um, obviously, normally we put that a bit a uh, bit ruder, but anyway, <laughs> um, you know, we get they, they get stuff done, and and it's um, you know what I look in an individual is you uh, you know it goes back to the old and and uh, combat appreciation around you, you know you go and you do your appreciation of um, the situation that you've been given. And at every stage you think, has my higher commander's intent changed? But you don't need the guidance of the higher commander. You crack on and get things done. And you, the, you know, ex-military people tend to be dynamic and enabled and empowered. You know, the, 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 they, they take that assumption of empowerment, which is awesome. And I think, um, you know, they, uh, they have the attributes to get on and get stuff done in the face of adversity. And it's a different type of adversity. You know, there's a different type of stress in corporate environment. And uh, but it's still a real stress, you know, and I'm not comparing it to the stress that the military go through. Um, but if you've been through that, you can deal with corporate life, you know. Mm. Um, uh, it, it, but it is a very different stress. And, you know, we, we, we uh, deal with that in different ways. So there are lots of attributes that come. It, it's about understanding what your core attributes are, whether you know, you start, um, you, you're not long in the military and you come into it. And, and like I say, I wasn't, I wasn't long uh, as a regular, but, um, you know, the, the, the uh, confidence that it gave me um, in, in difficult situations, um, in stressful situations, uh, and that, that sort of balanced approach, calm and collected approach, um, hopefully has <laughs> paid off. Yeah. Mm. But, but, you know, understanding um, what you have to offer is really, really useful. So, you know, from me being an infantry platoon commander, it's leadership, it's it's um, being organised, uber organised, um, and it is, uh, you know, being able to deliver operations. Don't look at me like that. I am <laughs> uber organised. I'm uber organised now because Jenna, you help me a lot. <laughs> you are. You are very. Spinning, spinning multiple plates is being able to spin multiple plates. So being multifaceted and taking on multifaceted programs mm. and, and being able to deliver and understand conflicting priorities is is key. And um, I just think ex-military people do it particularly well. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I definitely agree. And you can you, I think you can see the difference as well in a military person to a, 
you know non-military person in in just the kind of aura and things like that around around business um but, but let's not let's not say that um you know uh, uh in in city street you do get fantastic people you absolutely. know there are some amazing uh leaders um that have never been in the military as well you know so yeah i agree yeah okay so coming from the military you obviously understand all of this um you know which was great great for me being a service leaver and, and working for somebody that understands the skills and the experiences but what if you know the employer doesn't understand the skills that the service person has to offer and you have to kind of translate that that's a good question yeah and and you know that's where your due diligence is really important so understand uh you know get on the web and there is so much information on the web understand the company that you're going to be going to get it if you get in to get an interview um if you uh so let's 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 take it back actually so if i'm applying for a job uh, what i need to do is get the job description get my cv take keywords out of the job description and put it into my cv so that those little triggers um are in the uh, recruitment person or the recruiting manager's mind they say oh that matches that that matches that because actually sometimes if it gets stripped strip it back a bit further that can be done electronically through ai and ai is only as good as what you've programmed it to do and you've programmed it to look for keywords that are in the in the job description and basically that's where their minds work as well so mm. it's taking words and attributes that they're looking for in the job description and put them into your CV and your covering letter. So that's absolutely uh, key. Then it is, um, you know, basically getting it once you're in the interview, it's uh, trying to get the hiring manager to understand that, you know, I have my core skill sets. So if I take me for an example, my core skill sets are operational management, um, commercial management, leadership, and and probably resilience right mm. so those are the four attributes and i try and keep it simple those are the four attributes that i've got to get across to say you know what i worked in uh media with sky i've worked in oil and gas at bp i've worked in uh outsourcing which gave me a whole spectrum of of companies uh, to work with i've worked at experian predominantly in financial services and banking and obviously where i am now banking and each time I've used the same course and, and obviously the military, same course set of skills, and I've just translated it to a different discipline. And on sort of, you know, when I go into the interview, I go back to my due diligence, I've done that and I've said, right, I've now understand across the web the keywords that you're talking about. And basically that bibliography of of um, different types of wording, etc. Every organization has its own chat the military has its own chat you talk about matlows i don't even know what a matlow was you know it's got its own terminology so as much of that terminology as you can uh, understand before going into the interview is absolutely key so that you're singing off the same song sheet it's basic stuff so it's basic human nature the other thing is you know that you've got to click with that individual so if you start talking the same language it's much easier to click with someone um because a lot of uh in my view a lot of the hiring is you've got to work out whether you're going to be able to get on with that person to work with them so being you know being able to speak the same language and and being personable is really really key hmm. I, hope, I hope that helps that's just my 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 appreciation of it and that's how i work um because i've got to think i've always got to think is the team going to get on because that's an, an additional worry out of it every now yeah. and again you need subject matter experts obviously and you don't necessarily you can't always choose your subject matter experts to get whether they can fit into the team but on the whole you can so mm. i mean there's a, there's always i know definitely when i was transitioning there's a lot of talk around you know your transferable skills and being able to identify those obviously what you've mentioned there around resilience and things like that um so do you think it makes it harder then for a service leaver to so a you know you're completely changing your life anyway because you're going from the military to civilian yeah. life You've then got to basically change the way that you um, translate everything so that an employer understands the skills that you have. Does that then make it harder for a service leaver to find a job as opposed to somebody that works in banking, but then they want to go and work in the oil and gas industry? Hmm. So I think it does. 
I, I think it does, yes, because it's not it's not because they're you know the oiling the the banker that goes into oil and gas. Now there's an interesting uh, concept. Um, <laughs> just an but, example. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, and I, I, I just uh, uh, yeah, it, the the person that does that has got a transition to do, but they don't have, you know, within the banking there isn't the sort of family ethos that you've got in the military. There isn't the camaraderie to a certain extent. There's good camaraderie, and it depends what type of team you're in, right? But but um, when you're wearing a uniform, and and it's not just the the military, you know, the um, the NHS has got it, the fire service has got it, the police have got it. The same sort of um, same sort of thing. There's that camaraderie and that um, getting looked after that you've got in those services that you don't have in in city street effectively so that is a big transition and that um is where it's really important in, in my view and that's where i've really tried to help you know i'm i'm uh really grateful to those people who keep my uh friends and my family safe right the, the, the military and i uh, really try to help um those people who are transitioning out of the military back into civilian street and and you know having people like me uh, and there are lots of us about there and you know don't think that i'm an individual that's that that, that is uh, you know an individual let's say um there are lots of people like me that are able to help and i can i can you know t i can tell you lots of my friends have done it i've helped friends come out of the military and they do the same now you know speaking to one just earlier um who's talking about helping an ex-military person you know use that that network of ex-military people use that to help you not only get a job but also as emotional support because mm. they're willing to they're willing to do that you know just talk about their experiences and i'm talking today about my experiences you know they're going to be very different to to your experiences but we can empathize right and empathy goes a long way and mm. i think that that helps hopefully <laughs> yeah yeah it does and again it just goes back to the power of the network doesn't it and how how important yeah. that is and as linkedin's a great tool for that one yeah. thing one thing that i just thought of then was so do you think there's anything that um i mean you could even use me as an example if if i've done anything um that you should you should be aware of um coming out of the military you know having your first job as a grown-up maybe if you joined from school um as a civilian that um you should be mindful of i remember a conversation that I had not long after I started with one of our other managing directors and he said you know that working with military is great he'd not long been exposed to it because he'd not long been with the bank but one thing that he noticed is that um, we don't question anything we kind of follow orders blindly to an extent and just get on with things um, do you think that's true or and do you think that's something that we should be aware of so so um I, I, to tell you the truth i wouldn't agree with that because i think that you know part of the attribute of um of the um ex-military person is they do question things and you know i i certainly want and and you know you do it a lot with me if i'm saying right i want this this and this done you'll say are you sure you want to do that now you position it really well but you question if you don't think it's right you will question me now if i ultimately say you know no, this is we need to get it done and i don't have time to go through the ins and outs of it and sometimes that is the case you crack on and do it without question and and you know that is a is a good attribute but actually questioning you know the direction i would i would you know i would i don't want people in my team not to question the paradigm mm -hmm. you know is this the best way of doing it um you know you, you obviously there's a time and a place for that um but i think ex-military people are really good at thinking through what this means. What impact is this going to have? My actions, what impact are my actions going to have? And is that the right actions? And in our case, for the customer and the client, is the end game for everything that we do. You know, is that the right outcome? You know, if I do this, is it the right outcome for the customer and the client? And if it's not, definitely question it. Um, but I think what the person that you're referring to, I think I know who you're talking about. But, and I think what they're saying is, he he uh, says, right, there's an end game. This is where I want to get to. They understand that that end game is where they want to get to. What he doesn't have to tell them is how to get there. 
and and I think that you know he doesn't have to they don't ask too many questions just get on and get it done mm. and that's the attribute that, that I think ex-military people are awesome at mm. because you know you come up with some really tricky situations in the military um you know on ship uh, on land whatever and and you get it done you know because you don't have any other choice really sometimes so um you know I think that the questioning is really good. And I go back to my, you know, when you're trained, and it's, it's maybe changed because this was like 20 odd years ago, right? <laughs> um, your, your combat appreciation on has my, and when you get, you know, as soon as you come into a difficult situation where it might have changed your initial orders, has my higher commander's in, uh, intent changed by the circumstances that come on? And if they have, you know, you don't necessarily be able to get them on the end of the phone or radio or whatever. You therefore have to just say, right, I know what my uh, one-up and my two-up intent was because it was given to me in my orders. So therefore, I know the strategic direction of where we're going. So therefore, I can, you know, adapt the plan to get there. And that's an awesome set of training to have had. I think everyone goes through it at every level. I remember taking, you know, uh, and and I use the term jocks, right? My jocks. uh, uh, And that's a term of endearment. you know, I remember taking them through it and they, you know, you know, so every, every, every level um, goes through it. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Sure. So you obviously, you obviously, as you mentioned there, you you help a lot of service leavers. So do a lot of your friends um, that you served with, obviously they've been in, in diff- different industries for, for a couple of years now since leaving the military. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know with cvs interview skills things like that and obviously we've seen quite a few successes but there has been one or two not failures but not those that have gone on the well-trodden path and where yeah. where do you think they might have went went wrong to an extent and how you know what heads up could we give to other people yeah and, and so so we've had some that have had really impressive military cvs and and i think that you know and the the briefing was the same uh, when they come in through the door, you know, if, uh, the latitude that I give is 50% of the time concentrating on delivering a project, and it's a key project. You know, um, the person that we've got just now is doing a great job on um, the Idea Hub challenge with our vendors, and it's 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 you know it's it's, it's one of the best challenges we've done, which is great. 50% of the time, getting out there and networking. If they don't take that second part seriously, they will not succeed. You know, you have to push yourself. And, you know, whenever I've been out of a job and uh, the, the chap that I was talking about, who's now the chief operating officer of a very large um, in, um, uh, financial services company, um, you know, we've always kept close and we were in the military together. Um, he and I, whenever we've been out of, a, out of a job or thinking of moving to a new job, your job is getting a new job, you know? So you set yourself targets every day and, and this is no new stuff, right? Um, uh, but, you know, make X amount of contacts every day, contact X amount of people every day. Uh, and that's via email, via LinkedIn, by telephone. Try as much as possible to speak to people, try as much as possible to press the flesh. Mm. Um, you know, get to see people. It's difficult in these times, but everybody, you know, everyone, as we're using Zoom just now, everyone has that uh, Zoom Teams uh webex whatever uh facetime you know all those different platforms there's some great stuff out there collaboration tools out there so you set yourself targets and uh and make sure that you know you you do network and i think if i go back to the original question the people that haven't done so well have relied on their impressive military cv um to open doors and quite frankly the only person to open the door is you you've got to take the handle press it down open it get inside um your cv won't do that it's a bit of paper so uh what translates translates as an impressive cv on paper in the military doesn't necessarily translate to to um civilian street so and and it's like that you know i can have an impressive cv um with you know the the background that i have yet if i don't speak to people and come across as personable and push it um it's not going to happen and I think that's where the 
the people that have been yeah, on the military honestly, honestly, scheme that's great, have not absolutely great advice there. The um, yeah, no, definitely. One, one other thing I, was, I wanted to ask you as well is, um, so obviously you did the MBA. I haven't done the MBA. I think there's a mixed bag in business of people that have and haven't. Um, it's a huge commitment yeah. and it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else that you would recommend, um, like a course or qualification that's maybe shorter and cheaper that somebody could do during their resettlement time um, or while they're transitioning as opposed to a big MBA? Yeah. So I must apologize because my dog might kick off because the doorbell's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any, are there any uh, other things? So, so um, there are other ways of doing an MBA um, and, uh, you know, for starters, right? So there are other ways of doing an MBA. You can do it part-time over a three-year period. That's a big commitment. And in fact, one of the team have just completed mm. hers and she did really, really well doing that. Um, but, but you know, and she doesn't like to do things lightly either because um, she's generally just had a baby as well. So, you know, when it rains, it pours, right? Um, uh, you know, three years, big commitment, um, but, you know, it comes out the other end um, where she's, you know, we've been able to um, uh, give her the latitude to her exams and all that sort of good stuff, right? So if you've got a company that's uh, willing to uh, let you do that, even better if they're willing to sponsor you, fantastic. Usually, so the, the chap that I mentioned um, uh, earlier on, who's the coup at a, at a financial services company, came out of the military, worked for me initially, uh, and actually when we were at Sky, Sky sponsored his MBA as well. And he did it part-time over three years and it was tough. It was tough because actually he had, um, he had little children at the same time. Um, the other person uh, did it afterwards, had the, had the little one afterwards. Um, so that, that's an option, right? Um, what other courses are there? Um, now in big corporate organizations, there are lots of courses, lots of um, uh, e-learning courses that are available um that uh, you can you can utilize when you get into uh into companies um we have um you know as part of technology in the bank we have um pluralsight which has got all sorts of uh fantastic courses from python training to um you know leadership training all sorts of different things so there's there's a great great tool there and you can schedule that in your diary and spend an hour a week on it or what have you or do even more at nights all that sort of thing it's a great great tool and a great way to progress um from a resettlement perspective i'm not sure what what the military sponsors nowadays but you know uh, a friend of mine uh, went into property and um so he did in his junior resettlement um, he did his plumbing course, he did an electrician's course, and he did a bricky course. And uh, that enabled him to then go in and do all sorts of different things, um, uh, you know, uh, on his own properties and then set up a little portfolio of, of uh, flats that he had uh, done up and, and then and leased out and what have you. Mm -hmm. So there are all sorts of different things, yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, from a business perspective, there are all sorts of business courses. Now, I'm pretty sure there was um, on the resettlement, uh, this was about three or four years, no, more than that even, uh, there, were, there were a couple of sort of um, two-week MBA type courses as well mm -hmm. available that, that there was funding for. Now, again, a short-term business language course, I think that's great, um, really useful. And I'm pretty sure they're available through the resettlement piece, but I'm a bit, I'm a bit, um, uh, away from that just now there are all sorts of online learning you know if you go to um the institute uh the institute of direct marketing for instance who i worked with i don't know if there's i'm pretty sure they're still around but who i worked with on my mba uh dissertation uh they do all sorts of e-learning courses and there are some fantastic accredited courses if you you know you look at accounting SEMA uh do some great courses as well again um you know there are, everyone has got online training now down to T over the last uh, year and a half. There are some great courses out there. And yeah, you don't need to spend a lot of money on, uh, you know, something like an MBA, which is, especially the way I did it, was, uh, you know, full time for a year. It was a big commitment. Um, luckily, I'd saved up my money from my operational tours and, um, and that went very quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, so, um, yeah, there's all sorts of things out there. Yeah. And, and to be honest, some of the stuff you mentioned about Pluralsight, 
a lot of it you can just find on YouTube. You know, it's free on YouTube. You can just go on there and teach yourself. Absolutely. Um, Java uh, YouTube's or Python. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, YouTube's an amazing, amazing tool. And, you know, I, I must admit, even if um, I'm doing things around the house, I get on YouTube first to work out how to do them. Yeah. Like build Great. a garage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Build my garage. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it won't. I'm sure it's it's sturdy. One of the yeah. things when I was leaving was Prince Two. You know, everybody yeah. is doing Prince Two. I mean, how attractive is that as an employer? So, so, uh, and, and I've done Prince Two as well when yeah. I was at Sky. Sky put me through Prince Two, and actually that translates. So, Prince Two is a great discipline, project management. If and and you know, actually, I should have mentioned that. That was a that's a good shade, Jenna, because Prince Two um you know project management is something that that you know uh, a to b uh, getting things from a to b what where when why how much is really important those basic uh, principles of project management military people are very good at because they've done it all their career um you know whether it's um the sailor on the boat i'm trying to use your analogy uh to, you know the captain of the ship yeah. they're basically what where when why and uh, and how much um, so ultimately, uh, Prince Two uh, takes it to the nth degree. I think it's very complicated, mm. um, but it's a great discipline to understand. Now, do we, you know, do you use all those sort of gateways, etc.? Not all the time, but you know, if you're looking at it holistically, it's really good. So Prince Two is to have that on your CV. It translates. It translates really easily. There are, you know. Um, many pieces of um, military things like, you know, I'm a helicopter fast roping instructor. Yeah, that translates well across into <laughs> the industry. Apart from it's a conversation point, you know, yeah. um, where, whereas things like Prince 2 really do translate. Now, I was speaking to a, a Navy uh, chap earlier on the week, you know, who is just sort of testing the water um, to see whether it was worthwhile coming out or not. And, you know, they've got an engineering background and actually they're high voltage trained or something like that. There were, he was he was telling me about qualifications that he had that translated across really well. And, you know, from an engineering perspective, that was really good because if you go and work for the likes of, you know, one of the, the I wouldn't say Scottish and Southern Electricity, for instance, you know, they would understand that. And that's a good discipline to have. So having those core disciplines that they that do translate across and, and there are lots of them in the military, you know are very good and and there are apprenticeships in the military as well yeah um, apprenticeship engineers apprenticeship technologists you know the, all those uh little courses that you can do uh, and big courses even sorry i don't mean to, to belittle them in any way big courses that you do are really useful and 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 i've seen it in all the the um recruiting uh literature and videos and what have you that you see it's pushing civilian qualifications, which is really, really useful, really useful to have. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think that's something that the military recognised a little while ago is that they need their their people to have civilian recognised qualifications. It's no good having a certificate with the cap badge at the top of where you did such and such course. You need the, you know, the official accreditation, which is which is really good. Awesome. That's right. Stacks, stacks of awesome advice there, Gus. Um, you know the, the power of the network and things like that and being able to tran translate your skills into civilian speak by going through job specs and things like that when yeah. you were working on the the fish farm when you were you know a little bit younger My oil skins yeah, yeah. <laughs> did oilies. you think did you think you would be here today was this the plan the army and then do an mba and have a commercial career or no i wanted to be a, an astronaut or a butcher they were, <laughs> they were my two things that I had on my list. Very different. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, was it was a yeah. So you know, I've always just gone along with, um, you know, I've been lucky in the fact that opportunities have come up. I have had to work very hard uh, towards opportunities, and I've always worked. I've always given a hundred and you know, hundred percent, let's say, uh, uh, and more into everything that I've done. Um, and I've always gone along the lines of, you know, what's an interesting challenge? Um, I forgot, did, did I mention in my career thing? I don't think I did that. I, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. When I set up my own company, um, yeah. you know, that that was a big leap. And I had, you know, the kids were young and at school and I had a mortgage and everything. 
that was um, that was a real challenge, um, but a really rewarding one, uh, but scary. Um, you know, not knowing where the next um, paycheck's going to come in from, etc. But it was being your own boss is, is really good fun, um, and I really enjoyed that. But you know, has there been a plan? I've, I've known, you know, I, I've known. Uh, I would say there's always been a five-year plan, um, but more than that, you know. I certainly never thought I was going to be here when I was at school, for instance, yeah. or when I was in the military um, at all, you know. Um, but I've enjoyed it. It's been a good ride. Uh, would I do things differently? Yeah, there are some things I would do differently. Um, but um, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, where, we, where we've got to. And I'm enjoying the role that I've got just now. Um, so as long as I'm enjoying the challenge, you know, I'm going to crack on. Uh, I've still got uh, quite a bit of things to do. I think, and I've got a bit of a strategy on how to get there. Um, you know, I think um, having certainly having a five-year plan is 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 a good thing to have. Um, you know, you and I always try and think two steps ahead, if not more, um, on what opportunities mean. Um, and when you're assessing opportunities, you know, it's not just for the now. It's it's let's think with the end in mind, as it were. Yeah, so on that then, the when you say the opportunities, so if somebody was even in the military and um, yeah. they got offered a job, but it was, you know, it's not the dream job, but the dream job, this could lead to the dream job or it's a stepping stone. Would yeah. you would you have taken something like that or would you have? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, without a shadow. If it's, um, you know, there are definitely stepping stones and, and, you know, for instance, when I left the military and I got off an offer, um, to to you know do security for instance i wanted to i personally thought that the end game was going to be better commercially for me or remuneration for me if i didn't go into, into security and that's not saying that security is not a good place to be but for me i wanted to make that break and i had to make that decision so i didn't take that role uh, which would have been short term more beneficial but longer term uh, it was the right thing to do However, and there have been other roles that I've taken that have been picked up that I've done that actually it's not what I wanted to do, but it's a stepping stone to the future. Mm. You know, there's one particular project project that, that I'm doing just now that is not necessarily um, what I would choose to do. However, it's definitely a stepping stone and I will deliver it to the best of my ability and give 100% doing it. But you know what? It's not what I would have necessarily chosen not necessarily chosen i volunteered for it but it's not necessarily it, it's definitely with, with the end in mind rather than uh, the enjoyment of delivering it mm. if that makes sense yeah i mean it's just like having a, a assignment that you didn't choose really isn't it having a draft that you didn't really want you just get through it it's, to get onto the one you do yeah exactly exactly and it was a stepping stone and you you know you would be yeah you understand it more than most don't you with your particular postings to get promotion and what have you if that's what is in your uh, is what you want to do um just to take particular postings to get to that end game is where you have what you have to do sometimes right and it's short-term gain a uh, short-term pain for a long-term gain isn't it something yeah. like that yeah <laughs> yeah it's oh i'll just drop my thing so are you enjoying are you enjoying your role now now as opposed to yeah. what, what you before? do now oh yeah, yeah. You, do you know now? i do yeah. you know i do good. we have good. A good, we um, have a good time we do we do and 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 you know how did you find the transition how did you find it um were you supported enough did you enjoy the military talent scheme that you went through oh yeah i absolutely loved it and i yeah um i was supported it feels weird to have been asked a question i'm usually the one that asks the questions <laughs> but yeah i was supportive massively um but, but by... what, what you see but what people are going to they're going to benefit from you know, you, you, your experience is a lot more fresher than mine, apart from I've been on the other side of the fence and on, you know, the recruiting side of it. But it's really important, I think, under recruitment week is to understand what you went through and, you know, the benefits that you found out of the military talent scheme. Um, you know, it's all very well me who, who um, has been instrumental in helping out with it. But actually, are we doing the right stuff to make it work for or, and to enable um, leavers uh, to transition into uh, civilian street effectively? So mm -hmm. so the military talent scheme, it, it worked for you, obviously, because you got a job at the end of it. But but was it the 
the best way do you think of transitioning? Um, for, well, I think for me, it was the best way because I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, essentially, when I when I left the Navy. I knew it was time for me to leave. Yeah. But I didn't really, you know, I didn't have a five year plan. Um, I definitely didn't think about going and studying something. You know, I had a I had a mortgage. So the priority was to get a job. And I didn't even know about um you know military talent schemes and organizations I was um told about them by someone that worked in my office whose husband was going through it so had I not known that I probably wouldn't have even you know I wouldn't be here today so I'm glad that I did find out about it um and I you know coming to an open day um a couple of months before the program started uh pretty much sold it to me you know and I thought yeah I can definitely work here because it was a women's open day and um, not that yeah. I think it would have been any different if it was you know men and women or whatever um yeah but just hearing so many different stories of service women who were were in similar situations to me you know however many years ago and seeing the careers that they had and how um not easy but doable it was um gave me that kind of uh not aspiration i don't know what the words i'm looking for but you know it made me believe oh i can do this as well you know yeah um yeah and i did yeah yeah not you know never looked back since i think we've we've worked in you know a few different places around the business some very different to others um but yeah it's been great fun and we i think we're learning every day um And did you find the the military talent scheme accessible as in you know i know there's a lot of people apply for the, the our one um but but there are lots of them across the different banks and across of the the, the consultancies etc there's lots of companies that do them aren't there and so in fact, many. some people go, jump from one to the next don't they some people yep. move on from one to the other one which is a, again a great way of of sticking your toe in the water and seeing if you like that industry or that that um that uh, company um did, why did you choose the one that you went on um i did look at a couple of the others but i think it was probably the military network that sold me um because right. i met so many people so early on and as you said using the power of linkedin you yeah. connect with one person who then connects you with somebody else in a different area of the business and just seemed to be honest it probably seemed too good to be true at the beginning because i thought how there's no way I'm going to work in Canary Wharf, you know, I'm, well, I'm not going to work here, um, but we'll give it a go and we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Well, basically, Canary I'll just... Wharf and Shoreditch, which yeah. is the cool place. Yeah, yeah, which was the cool place, which we don't get to go to anymore. But yeah, yeah. I just thought <laughs> yeah. I'll wing it and see how it goes. And then and then yeah. obviously we we met and uh, yeah. for yeah. some reason you employed me. So congratulations. <laughs> I was told to. No, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> and... and you mentioned you mentioned you knew it was time to leave. Well, how you know what was that? How did you know it was time to leave? What was the you know the target indicator to say right? It's time for me to get a new job. So I, I really love traveling and being at sea. You know, going to different places, and I got to a certain point in my career where sea time was going to be a lot yeah. less, and yeah. I I didn't want to sit in a in an office far away from home. Yeah. um i wanted to travel or i wanted to be at home really yeah. so yeah i yeah. knew that it was kind of kind of time and i've done that before coronavirus i did some did some traveling yeah. without the military without the navy which was different but good yeah. um yeah i didn't think you were going to come back actually when you went to bali <laughs> i didn't want to i should have <laughs> took my laptop i'd probably still be there now. i was waiting for the email guys <laughs> i'm not coming back yeah. can i stay here yeah that would have been yeah. nice but yeah but i've got a dog now just as, just as well you didn't yeah just as well you didn't because it would have yeah. been a difficult situation in winter but yeah 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 and and you and you're enjoying it you're enjoying that next step in your career yeah yeah really Good. really enjoying it i think the flexible working that we had pre-covid um anyway made the work-life balance really good because obviously yeah. ne- neither of us live in London, do we? So you know yeah. we were we were doing big big commutes a couple of days a week, yeah. um, so that was that was great. So you kind of had the best of both worlds, and obviously we've worked from home from for over a year now, which has yeah. has its good and bad points. Obviously, it's nice to 
not have to get up really early to get to London on certain days but then also it's difficult not seeing people in the office you know we we've seen each other once since Christmas nearly yeah. two years ago so yeah 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 you me it, it, and and uh return to the office still hasn't been defined right yet so yeah but, but yeah. you know similarly to uh you know and and this is always good good conversation I think because similarly to the military we've got teams in lots of different countries yeah. you know and and different locations so ultimately yeah we work in Canary Wharf on the x floor of the building um you know we still are sitting on calls like this zoom or webex as we use it um talking to our colleagues in India and yeah. our colleagues in up in Manchester and our colleagues in Glasgow and our colleagues in New York you know so um that that is uh, a way of working that works in every environment. You know, the, the, the chap that I was speaking to the other day that I mentioned um, in, in the Navy, you know, we sat and spoke uh, over a call like this because he's in a different country, you know? Um, and, and it just, everyone gets used to it, don't they? And I go back to the collaboration tools are amazing. Mm. So therefore utilize those, you know, get out and utilize those. And, and, um, uh, your your transition what advice would you give to people that are you know that have been career uh, military people that that find themselves coming out or have decided to change their their mind you know because maybe they didn't get the command that they wanted or whatever or 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 the promotion that they wanted what, what advice you know what advice would you give in that transition period and did you feel you know i talked about being able to support people and and it's it's key for me um to, to help my mates and mates of my mates, et cetera. Um, but did you find that you had that network that helped you? Yeah, I felt, yeah, I, I did feel really supported. So by doing uh, a military talent scheme, you know, ac across the industry, as, as you said, there are many different businesses, you, you're assigned, you, you know, I know that definitely we are probably similar to the same, you're assigned a mentor, you know, somebody that has been through the process and can yeah. advise you and guide you but they are also connected to many other people who have you know literally done the same thing as you six months 12 months 18 months beforehand yeah. and they all speak the same language as you you can talk to the you know you can comfortably openly talk to them about what you're feeling and what you're going through which is you know invaluable to have that yeah. and the piece of advice I mean similar to what you said about network but also just don't, just don't doubt yourself and um, yeah. back of yourself. Course, yeah, just yeah. really back yeah. yourself. I mean, when I was coming to the the open day, I didn't think, you know, on the train down, I didn't think for one second that it was ever going to come to anything. But leaving it, thinking, oh, you know, I could, this is probably something that I could do. Whereas yeah. if I hadn't gone to it, I'd have just never known. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know what I'd be, I don't know what I'd be doing now. Probably something not as cool, but. Um, <laughs> yeah just having but that having it, that confidence it? yeah have confidence in in yourself and i would totally agree with that and and the other thing out of that is chuck yourself in and give it a go yeah and, and that's where i think military people are willing to give things a go you know i have uh both uh in fact we've got in our teams we've got a couple of ex-military people and they're real go-to people and and the other thing is um, that I always say is fire and forget as well. You know, you give someone a task, they go away and they come back when it's done. Yeah. You know, um, you can forget about it. You just, you know, it's going to get delivered. And that's where ex-military people are really good as well. Yeah. yeah. Which, and it, you, you definitely are one of those people. If I give you a task, I know it's going to get done. I can rely on it. And that's invaluable throughout my career. Of, you know, there have been a few people like that, that, um, that, you know, have made a real difference. And I, you know, I'm bluffing. I, you've got to surround yourself with good people, and it's easier to bluff that way. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. <laughs> we just wing it every day. <laughs> yeah, you better cut that bit. <laughs> good. good. <laughs> Both second. We've worked together too long. Right, guys. So I'm going to take back over now. Uh, thanks for right. grinning me there. Wasn't expecting it, but um, really appreciate your time and your insights. That was yeah. that was really great. Well, hope, and hopefully they help. Yeah, hopefully they help. Yeah, I mean, if it helps one person, then we've done the job, haven't we? So, you know, it's a massive decision leaving the military. So, um, 
taken... not one that should be taken lightly because you know it's a good career it is mm -hmm. definitely a good career and uh, there's huge opportunities and you know i often look back and think gosh i've spent you know uh, far too little a time in the military and i should have um, should have cracked on but you know it is what it is um so you know it's a big decision and think long and hard about it and and take the time to think about it and uh, but but you know always network start now start yeah. tomorrow you know get a network and go on linkedin set your profile up and and think about the future because you never know even if it's 10 years down the line you'll have established a good network um prior to the, to leaving which is setting up for your next set in your career you know um that's always a, a good thing to do yeah and and the support that's out there i mean the the rna is a massive asset for service leavers you know it's a it's a pool of veterans who are willing to help each other you know we, we have each other's backs and there's plenty of organizations as well that would do that so so use that opportunity definitely use that opportunity obviously take every opportunity that's open to you brilliant well thank you very much for your time Gus. thanks jenna and cool. uh, no i'll speak to you soon no doubt thank you very much for having me on i really appreciate it it's a great show thanks for coming cheers bye